0: Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Why Florida State's defensive transfer portal class is a home run. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast for free and on YouTube. Part of the awesome Locked On Network, your team every single day. So please hit that like button, hit that subscribe and share this podcast. And it is brought to you today by FanDuel. FanDuel, America's favorite sports book. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now on FanDuel, you get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. All right, here's the deal. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, know this. At D-line, linebacker, and at cornerback, the three spots that Florida State has seen players come and or go, Florida State is doing a tremendous job in the transfer portal so far. Obviously, it's a long way to go. It's still January, but you really can't knock. Mike Norvell and his staff, they've done a great job. And here is the crux of it. Not just getting numbers, but getting quality guys that were elite prospects at the Power Five level, SEC, Big Ten, et cetera, in terms of offers. So I'm going to go through this by position, and I'm going to start with D-line, go to linebacker, and then I'm going to go to corner. So let's get started, but let's look at what Florida State did defensively in 2023. First, these are the raw numbers. There is no debating these four statistics. Statistically, with scoring 19.3 points per game, that's 18th in the nation. Total defense, meaning yards between run and pass, 331.9, that's 28th. The run defense was the weakest of these four categories, 152.2 yards per game given up by the Knolls, 72nd. But then the pass defense, 11th in the nation, 179.7. So it's hard to improve upon those numbers, but obviously there is an opportunity. It's a new year, it's a new scheme. Everything, because even if it's the same coaches, you got different players. you got to adjust to them. And Florida State, as we're about to get into, did do just that. Let's talk about the players that are walking out the door at D-line first, and we'll go to the players that are coming in. Dennis Briggs, Gilbert Edmond, those are two guys that played quite a bit. Briggs, a D-tackle. Edmond, a defensive end. Malcolm Ray played a little bit. He was a D-tackle. And then uh Tafosi, I forget how you pronounce his name. He was a kid who didn't play a lot. He's transferring as well. On the incoming side, this is where it's interesting. You never know where you're going to get players. Obviously, DJU's coming in to play quarterback from Oregon State. They also have picked up Sion Lolahia I believe that's how I pronounce it. 270, a defensive lineman. You could never have enough D lineman. You're going to hear me say that about corner. Those two things I, I just about always mention in every podcast because it's just true. Getting him's a really big deal. He's a guy that's been a consistent contributor for them. They also got Grady uh, Kelly out of Colorado State. They got Marvin Jones Jr., who's been discussed on this podcast and probably about every other outlet that covers Florida State in some way, shape, or form. And I'm going to probably completely butcher this name, but DeRoger, he's from West Virginia, another defensive lineman. Here's the key to this they got numbers, they got a high quality guy from Georgia, and Marvin Jones Jr., who's actually a FSU legacy. His father, obviously, a tremendous football player in Tallahassee and with the Jets. I think this is about as good as it's going to get. I gave it an A-minus just because they did lose Briggs and Edmund. You know, it's a combination of the two. But really, getting four guys that have all contributed in some way, shape, or form at the college level and/or were high recruits is pretty good, especially in the short amount of time they did it. I'm really impressed, not just with getting these players, but from my experience, that means there was a lot of planning. Ahead, you're not going to just win these battles just suddenly if you didn't have a plan. Any business model must have that. Florida State's coaching staff, kudos to you for getting out there. Okay, who do we like? What do we need to sell them on? Learn about them, etc., and make it happen in such a short window in a few weeks. That's pretty good. So, I gave it an a day minus, and I'm going to say this multiple times during this podcast, but the next transfer portal window there are multiple is the 15th of April through the 30th who knows who will be in then but Florida State still has a chance to improve at every one of these positions could they use another D tackle or something like that of course and as a bonus remember Jackson transferred and got the raw into the deal with the NCAA last year I'd imagine at defensive tackle he's kind of like a transfer now really that's going to help too going to have some big bodies up front, a little more speed. I would assume Marvin's going to play, but Florida State did really, really well there. And that's really important. Also, this is important to think about. Florida State is getting guys that can get up the field and rush the passer. In the ACC, there's some good quarterbacks. They got to do that. All right, let's move on to linebacker. This is a unique scenario for Florida State. Florida State had really experienced linebackers last year. Two of the three are gone. And at one point, it looked like all three because DJ Lundy, he has allegedly withdrawn. And until I see the paperwork and it's official and Mike Norgo literally talking about him in spring practice, I don't put a lot of stock in it because the transfer portal is a weird deal. But Lundy is supposed to be back. I don't know anything more than that. I again, because of how this works, you just don't know. But he was the first guy off the bench and he was one of the highest-rated players in college football for like stop rate not missing tackles, et cetera. He's really talented at it. He's going to get a shot now. And the other part of this is Sean Murphy, the elite recruit from a couple of cycles ago that came out of Virginia, signed with Bama, is going to be with the Knowles. That's a big pickup as well. And here's the deal. 6'2", 230, 225, something like that. He could probably play in or out. His high school film was outstanding. It did not work out for him short-term at Bama. He had limited stats, but he's going to be a redshirt sophomore this next year. And I do believe that Florida State's going to find a way to get him on the field. No way around at Florida State's weakest position in terms of the depth chart is linebacker going into next year, just based on numbers. Not saying talent, but they just don't have enough players. I think that he's going to get a chance to play. Is he going to start or whatever? I have no idea, but that's why you go through spring ball to earn that opportunity. Can't take away his physical traits. This was an elite recruit, four or five star kid, depending on the service. And a guy had a Penn State offer. He had a Notre Dame offer. He had offers from all the SEC programs. Ended up at Bama, but now he is a null. So it's short term. And this is a bit of a cheat on me, but I've got linebacker as an A. They're only losing Dylan Brown Turner. He didn't play a ton, and they're getting these two. And I know I'm counting like Lundy as a get, but he was in the portal. Like he he didn't. Plan to stay. So, keeping him an experienced player that already knows your system, I cannot put a finite number on it. It is huge for Florida State. You need somebody that's already been in Tallahassee, who has played a lot, to help teach these other guys coming into the program that are recruits, younger guys, and transfer portal. Getting Lundy back is absolutely a coup for the Knowles, as goofy as that may sound, because the linebacker is uber complex now with all these spread offenses and helping guys line up. You get out of the place that you need to be and it's a touchdown for the other team. That's why experience matters. With that, also note that there's going to probably be, I would say at least one more guy they would have to get in spring. It doesn't have to be that way per se, but I I can't imagine them not taking another guy, right? Like if you didn't, what would be the reasoning? They still need numbers. Uh, There's going to be somebody else in that April window. So again, just like with D-line and like a corner I'll talk about in a few minutes, there's no reason to think that Florida State won't take at least one more. For now, I got it as an A. And you can't really improve upon that, but that's just based on what they have. I think that they're going to actually ascend, although I can't really give a better grade than that. Florida State will add at least one more piece. And it doesn't have to be somebody that has the experience of one D perhaps, or not necessarily the raw talent that Sean Murphy does, but getting another body, just the numbers, because linebacker is a position where attrition takes place. I think it is pretty important. We're going to talk about defense a little bit more, the secondary, and then kind of a big overview overview here in just a moment. But first we want to take a look at FanDuel. FanDuel, America's number one sports book. This is the new deal with the NFL playoffs right in the middle of it. It's been pretty fun to watch some of the side stories with it for me personally, especially with the Cowboys. Check it out because the wrapping up of this season doesn't mean FanDuel is done. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only $5 on a bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. All right, here's the deal. The app is also easy to use and you can make different bets like same, gay, same day parlays, find bets in the new explore tab, and you can also parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, now, we've talked about the first two, and here's something that's interesting. I want to bring back up the stats as we go into this section. And there's not a lot of players to talk about, but that's the good news. Florida State secondary last year was obviously good. They gave up a few plays here or there, but overall, let's be honest. That was a really good team on defense. It was. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to take a step down. It might even go up because, see, they were 11th last year in passing yardage. 11th. They also had good pass rushers, averse, et cetera. That's why getting Jones and some of these guys is important. You need need players to keep coming in. But you've got Thomas coming back, Cypress, et cetera. You've got all these guys coming back, and you're adding Earl Little and Devontae Brown. For those of you who don't know, Earl Little played at American Heritage, big time recruit out of South Florida, ended up at Bama. He is transferred over. Only played one year there. He's going to have a guy be a be a guy that should play pretty early, but Florida State's room is talented and they got the young guys coming in. Like, like getting Kai Bates is a huge deal, et cetera. He flipped over from LSU. Like those kinds of situations, getting all these guys in a short period, it's going to fend itself out. Like guys are going to bounce off each other. Now, who it ends up being, I don't know. But as I reach over here and grab all my notes, I would imagine if we look at this, I would say Florida State at 179.7 last year. They could get it under 170, won't be 165 to 169. They're going to be even more experienced and they're going to have more guys for injuries. Now, we're still going to go through the portal again in the spring, and sure, somebody could leave. But adding a five-star in Little is just the first part of it. They also get Devontae Brown from Miami. He played three years at UCF, played some last year at Miami. It didn't work out. Getting an extra guy like that that's 6'2", 180-plus pounds is huge. It's huge. Push the depth. You cannot have enough at D-line and corner. Period. I don't care if you're Georgia, Texas, or anywhere else. So with that being stated Looking at the depth chart now, just kind of like thinking about it out loud, I don't care who ends up starting. They're going to have pieces regardless of the team they go up against. That's more important. You've got to be able to match game to game. It used to be, okay, here's our two starting corners You know, 25 years ago. Let's see what happens. Everybody kind of ran similar stuff. Those days are over. You might play a power team, like in the playoff. Maybe they play Utah in the playoff next year. Who knows? They're going to run more power stuff, but they could also play a team that runs a wide open offense. You've got to have DBs to adjust to those scenarios. Florida State's depth, you know, Conrad Hussey and some of these other guys too at safety. Let's not forget about them that are pushing the pile, trying to get up the depth chart. They're going to be good. Jones, different guys. It's it's going to take care of itself. And I'm not real concerned about depth charts yet because we're not even the spring ball. But having this, these numbers... Ask yourself this question as a Florida State fan. When was the last time Florida State had this kind of depth in the secondary? Five years ago? Ten years ago? Was it the 14 or 13 season? I would imagine it is. That was a team that won the title and was ranked number one the next year. If you can't find those kind of guys consistently, you're not going to win at the highest level. You might make the playoffs you might get to the ACC title game. You've got to have NFL talent. And Florida State has some of that. Thomas is the guy that's probably the one I'm most curious about this next year. He's so long and he playing corner because he played safety for the most part when he was at Niceville in high school. Having guys like him, and they're not necessarily your number one corner, and you're bringing in other guys to compete, is just as good as it gets. Florida State's secondary has a chance to be top five nationally next year, in my opinion. I don't know what everybody's group is going to look like because again, we're in the transfer portal era, but as it sits today and right now it's the 19th of January when I'm doing this podcast, prove me wrong. I think Florida state has a top five secondary going into the 2024 spring edition of, of the Knowles. So with that, I'm, I'm going to bring up one last point before we go into an overall view of Florida state on the other side with this, they might kind of flip the script The secondary is going to pressure more. Not that they didn't play man this past year, but they're also going to be able to help the D-line in similar ways to the way that D-line helped the secondary this past year. Before they could rush the passer, that's going to help. They'll be able to mix and match even more. With that being said, also mixing and matching is game time. Game time. Download the game time app and check it out. Are you tired of buying tickets and seeing a price? And then when you go to pay, the price, let's say it was 50 bucks, is $70 or more. That's because of all the different tickets that have extra fees afterwards. The game time, you get your ticket price up front. You know what you're getting. The second part of that, you can look at your ticket right on the app with a couple of clicks. See where you're sitting. Concert, football game, whatever it may be, you can do it immediately on the game time. App. So download the Game Time app and check it out. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Last bit of information here. And I'm just just trying to look at things realistically. Florida State has come a long way just since the time they played in the bowl game. The roster is changing. There are people coming and going. That's the new wave of college football. I'm not here to say any different. Ask yourself, I have two questions for you. Number one, did you think Florida State would be this far from that time of the bowl game with the roster? Whether offense, defense, or whatever, this is broad. You can look at it however you want. Secondly, defensively, Florida State took a big step forward this past year. Do you think the Knowles have an opportunity to close out with, you know, let's say one or two more guys? Let's just say they got two more guys and nothing else happened. It's hard to say what's going to transpire between now and the end of April. But if they get two more players on defense, be the poor, could they be a top 10 defense overall in 24? If you'd have brought that notion to me, say even a week ago, I'd have been a little leery, to put it mildly. Florida State has an elite transfer portal class, as I opened the show with, and I'm I'm closing with it. But it's not done yet. They have a chance to change their roster more than anybody probably could have thought. Maybe even Norvell. So again. What do you think about the portal overall in helping the roster from just a few weeks ago when they played the bowl game to now? And then secondly, looking at the defense, could they be a top 10? It's possible. I think they need one more special player to be added, and they would need a little luck with injuries at linebacker. They're still not where they need to be. Preferably, another guy would be at that spot, obviously. But it's not out of the question. They've got some good young players on the roster. Guys can move around, play different positions, do different things. And the secondary's elite. I think this is a much better team than what anybody thought. The only thing I'll add to this, and it's something that Kirby has talked about, and I know some of the coaches behind the scenes that I've communicated with and others have said, how do you mix the chemistry? We have no idea, but this is vital. The kids coming in, do they blend well? Whether it's NIL related or whatever, will there be any snafus? I have no idea. I really don't. It's difficult to project. That is the conundrum that no coach, and they always want control. They'll never control this. The egos in the locker room bringing in guys that are new, you don't know. So far, I haven't heard anything negative. I haven't seen anything reported negative. So that's a good sign. They've done, obviously, a tremendous job to this point with the portal and building the program over the last two seasons. So why would I go and say anything other than I expect Norvell and his staff to have figured it out for a third consecutive year? But leadership changes, too, on the roster. So that's something to monitor. Obviously, you're losing a quarterback that was in your program. You're losing a running back early to NFL, etc. Guys that you counted on. It's not easy, you know. It's, it's it's Keon Coleman was there one year, but I'm sure he gained respect. Just use him as a, a third example. He came in, acclimated to the staff, student body, and the players. They need guys like him, not necessarily just as good as Keon. I, I get that. But if they buy in with the talent that I'm talking about, because you get an A at all three of these levels, really. I gave an A minus to D-line just because they lost a couple of guys. But I think they're actually going to get an upgrade. This is a tremendous opportunity for Florida State. I thought this was going to be a complete rebuilding year, but they have a chance to at least be a contender for the ACC now. They got some other things to work on and all that. There's a long way to go. But I am absolutely here to say that the D-line class, linebacker class, and corner class combined – is about as good as it's going to get for any team in college football. So that's that's my take for today. Lastly, uh, please, once again, hit that like button, hit that subscribe. Make sure you share this podcast. Everybody have a great day, and thank you very much.